Weeks after the attack on the U.S. Capitol, there's fear in Congress. Correspondent Catherine Herridge has exclusive details. CBS News has learned a bipartisan group... criticized former President Trump after the riot at the Capitol, but CBS News confirms the two men will meet in Florida today. Mr. Trump and his attorneys are preparing for his defense at next month's Senate impeachment trial. A David and Goliath battle continues on Wall Street with the struggling GameStop chain at the center of it all. Company shares have soared almost 800% over the past week. Stephanie Meta at Fast Company. They're kind of sticking it to the big institutional investors, the hedge funds, by basically forcing the big guys to lose money because they've been shorting or betting against GameStop. S&P futures up 20, Dow futures ahead 199. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. New wiper blades? Not sure which ones to buy? The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. We'll show you options for your specific car and even install them for free. Right now, save $10 per pair on Bosch Focus wiper blades, plus earn double O rewards points. There's no better time to replace your wiper blades. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. That's why you can use an entire bottle to make buffalo chicken dip. The kind you might make for when you're watching the game at home. And maybe this year there's less people around to watch the game with. Yay! But that just means there's more dip. And it's all for you. Some of you may say, that's too much dip. But deep down in your heart of hearts, you know it isn't. So go ahead. Finish it. Frank's Red Hot, don't judge. Frank's Red Hot. I put that sh on everything. A couple of lawmakers on Capitol Hill want to update Americans on a dangerous infection. Republican senators... The neckline's a little plungy. He tells the Late Late Show's James Corden. It's been missing for like three years. Leto says he hasn't seen it since he changed homes in L.A. It somehow just magically kind of disappeared. He says he hopes it's in good hands. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Do you check your Google search results regularly? You should. People often get their first impression of you or your business online. Negative comments on the internet can impact your life and your livelihood. Take control of your online reputation. Get your free reputation report card at reputationdefender.com. It may reveal negative posts from an ex-employee, upset patient or client, news article, legal issue, or even exposed personal information right there in your Google search results. Uncover what's lurking on the internet about you with reputationdefender.com's patented scan and get your free reputation report card. 
Or for immediate assistance with your reputation, call 800-401-6681. Our cutting-edge technology helps make your Google search results look their best. Call 800-401-6681. That's 800-401-6681. 800-401-6681. Or take the free scan at reputationdefender.com. From the Auto Smarts Radio Network, and why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and his knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Michael Kasich was the lead singer of what band? About cars. What was Gary Newton's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. Take the same Chevy. Oh, Auto Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WHH or 97.1 FM. Pain make you hobble just getting out of bed in the morning? If heel pain is affecting your ability to exercise and meet your walking or running goals, relief is as close as your local podiatrist. Podiatric physicians are highly trained doctors who specialize in medical and surgical treatment of the foot and ankle. Ohio Foot and Ankle Podiatric Physicians are available across the state and are devoted to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. update from the mayor of Athens today, Steve Patterson. And I guess we'll have to ask about the challenges of uh, keeping the streets in good order and all that sort of thing. Wasn't too bad this morning, but I guess we've got more snow on our way this weekend, so we'll just have to see how it goes. Mayor Steve Patterson, our guest this morning, and we'll bring him on board here in just about three seconds. 
two, three, go. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You've done this before. <laughs> uh, a couple times. Just a few. Listen, um, the, the challenges of keeping our cities, uh, streets in great shape and all that sort of thing. Uh, I've noticed the fellows uh, and gals, they, they do a great job. But, um, uh, how, how, you know, describe a day in their life when this happens. Do, do they, oh. you know, at what time are they asked to uh, report in? And, and uh, what do they tackle first? And, you know, I, I'm sure there's some shop foreman or something that probably could better answer this. But I, I, I know you. You probably know the answers. Well, you do know me, Dave. The street crews, uh, they were called out last night. Um, I think they were called in around 8, started rolling uh, by 8.30, between 8.30 and 2 a.m. They were, you know, hitting the hills, the ramps, the bridges, uh, and then getting to the uh, hillier residential areas, and then sure. they hit the, the flatter areas. Um, you know, they have a triage that they go through. You know, the high-priority main arteries, uh and then they, they, they work their th way through their their normal protocol of hitting the streets. So they were out, uh, you know, as snow it became evident that we we're going to get, you know, a good inch and a half, maybe two inches. Um, and they were out rolling. Um, Jessica Dine, who's the acting director for engineering and public works, she was on it right away. And uh, the street supervisor is the one who begins calling people in. There were still two crews out this morning checking the streets. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones who are out there. Um, and, and a lot of times we didn't even know they're rolling unless I hear them. Uh, I don't, I don't know how much actual scraping they were due and actual plowing, but I know they were kicking salt all over, um, right. last night. They, right. they probably did hit some spots with the blade, but, uh, they, uh, they're really the unsung heroes that are out there uh, when we're all warm in our homes or sleeping, and yeah. they're out there working. The um, the processes that the city uses, of course, they use salt and they use blades. Do they also use the brine? We we don't. Okay. Um, we didn't use brine. Uh, I can't. I don't recall, Dave, if we've used it in past years. I don't think so. Um, mm -hmm. We actually were having trouble finding um, true brine, uh, and we don't have the ability to create brine down at the service garage um, currently. Okay. Uh, so no, you're you're right. We used uh, we use road salt, um, and uh, we'll mix in sometimes a, a little, some grit, but mm -hmm. typically it's road salt that we're out there using. Is there any uh, cooperation between ODOT's facilities where they have storage and so on in the cities? Well, uh, cooperation is an interesting word. I, I um, have spoken to Director Adine about that in the past. You know, can we access brine from, from uh, our local ODOT garage? Mm -hmm. And the answer was no. Um, okay. And uh, what would be great in the future is, you know, rather than go down there and, and get brine, can we do a, possibly a joint purchase agreement mm -hmm. for brine? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, still trying to explore that or, you know, creating our own brine here. Um, people have asked before, you know, since there's brine in these 
fracking brine trucks, you know, can that be used? No, it can't. Um, because there's all kinds of nasty chemicals inside fracking brine. Oh, you, fracking brine. Yeah. I... Right? You'd never want to use that on, uh, on city streets and, and roadways. You know, we certainly won't ever use anything like that. Um, so. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, you know, it's um, the main the main drags are in great shape, I think, and um, the um, the the residential roads will be later. Uh, they tend to get second attention. You know what I mean? And, I do. And um, I, I've never had too many complaints in Athens, and um, and I can't say that's true of everywhere, but. Um, I think you all do a great job. Let's let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about the coronavirus in Athens. Um, I'm sure it's a regular topic at your board, your um, weekly staff meetings, and so on. Um, uh, today, uh, you know, we have this um, uh, cooperation with the um, the the health department, and they they've set up. Uh, in cooperation with Ohio University's College of Medicine and the new, um, I think it's called the Heritage Building, which is um, across from the what we've been calling the HDL Center for a long time, 119 West Union, I think the address is. Um, there, that's where they're doing the mass inoculation, mass vaccination, I should say. Um, right. And then there's some other places too, but that's that's the big one. It's open um, today at 8:30. In in fact, when schools are closed and other things such as they are today, uh, we've just recently been making the announcement that uh, it's still open. It's doing its thing. And um, if anybody that had an appointment there is wondering, folks, they're hoping you'll show up. And if you can't, they'll arrange for another time. Right. So um, this whole COVID thing, how do, you, how do you feel about the way it's being uh, unfolded in our area? By unfolded, I mean the vaccination. Right. You know, um, I think that the Athens City County Health Department is doing an amazing job with the amount of vaccine that they are receiving. Um, I went down, Dave, I think it was uh, a couple Thursdays ago, if not last Thursday. You know, everything blends together these yep. days, it seems. Um, it. It's like Groundhog's Day over and over and over again. Um, it's. Um, I went down and I observed their process, and it was for individuals 80-plus, mm-hmm. and it was running very smoothly. They're using Heritage Hall, um, which is what that building is called, and, and you're right, it's right there where, for those of you who remember um, Factory Street Studio down there on oh, Factory yes. Street and West Union, um, it's, it's right there, brand-new building. They... Uh, have things set up very well for where people enter and where you exit. They even have uh, a location that uh, all the locations are ADA accessible, but they, they have um, a entrance on the west side of that building where people can pull in. I noticed that there were 
Athens on demand vans that were pulling up and, and uh, dropping people off or picking people up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they have a processing station when you come in and they check your temperature and they, uh, you know, ask you a whole series of questions. And then uh, you continue on through the process and receive your vaccine. And then you go and you have to wait 15 minutes that, 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 and be observed for 15 minutes to make sure that they do, you don't have a uh, anaphylactic reaction to the vaccine. Right. Uh, and that's the beauty of using Heritage Hall is as you come into that facility, it has this amazingly large atrium, if you will, this, this large space, and they were able to put seating out uh, distance or, you know, mm-hmm. six foot distance from each other. And it was all set up really, really well. I have to say it was amazing, quite honestly, to observe. And uh, so to your question, I, I know that uh, um, Dr. Dick Gaskell and, and uh, Jack Pepper and the whole team are really doing a great job. Um, it was Thursday and Friday that they administered the vaccine to individuals 80-plus as well as continuing to get first responders, frontline workers, if they had not gotten their vaccine yet. And now they're at, under the phase 1B, um, they are uh, uh, allowing individuals age 75 plus to go down and get the vaccine. And I, I can't encourage people enough to go down and get your your uh, initial and then follow-up right. dose. Uh, of, of the vaccine because that's how we're going to get to a better place here in the city of Athens. I should also say, and Dave, you're probably well aware of this, but good for the listeners to know and remember is that there are eight sites here in Athens County. Uh, that would be seven pharmacy locations as well as the Athens City County Health Department. Um, I know that Shrivers um, has been using the community center activity room A, B, and C uh, again, giving them the, the ability to have that 15-minute wait period for people um, and spreading people out. So they have been administering the vaccine there. Uh, CVS, both locations uh, here in Athens. Um, I know that Hopewell Pharmacy has two locations that they're administering vaccine. So there's a, a lot of place Shrivers in in uh, Nelsonville also. So throughout the county, there are right. a total of eight different locations, uh, pharmacies and the health department that are administering the vaccine. So that's a great thing as well. So it's not just the city county health department, it's elsewhere. I should remind people, you know, that there, you, you can call the pharmacies uh, and you can um, schedule a time slot to get your vaccine. I just really encourage people do not sign up for time slots at multiple pharmacies um, because likely you're going to go to just the one, and unfortunately you may have secured a time slot that you're not going to use at other pharmacy locations. Just call one, get your time slot to come in, and uh, as opposed there, There is some confusion about this, and, and even to my own mind. Um, when this all first broke, um, not the coronavirus, but rather the, 
um, vaccination process. Uh, we receive word that everybody should register with the county health department. So uh, both my wife and I did, and we're both in that 70 plus, uh, between 75 and 70. Um, so that, in theory, next week begins our opportunity. Now, um, I've heard other people say that they also registered with this and that and that and this different uh, places. But um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the one registration is all you need. And then they will get a hold of you and say, um, we'd like to do you tomorrow or whatever, uh, based upon the supplies they have available. Now, um, is that your understanding, or do you think you're also supposed to register with a specific place to take it or to have it? Well, the way the state has done this um, is they have decentralized the vaccination process and where the vaccine, where it's going to, um, if that makes sense. You know, I, I often think back when I was a kid, Dave, and when I was a child, and I remember getting the, the polio vaccine, oh, yes. and I remember getting the German measles vaccine and whatever. Yeah. It was always through the county health department. Mm -hmm. um, and they came into the school, and they had a great operation, and they just worked their way through and vaccinated everybody. Um, on a single day, on a Sunday. After church. What, 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 yes, I, I remember them coming into my school and lining up kids down the hallway to, yeah. to get the German measles vaccine, uh, you know, things like that. Anyway, uh, that's how old I am. <laughs> you know, but this is different in that they have decentralized um, the getting out the vaccine. So CVS gets the vaccine. Um, again, Shriver's Pharmacy gets the vaccine, and then they are administering and setting up their own uh, scheduling. Um, so it's not that the health department is doing all the scheduling for all the other pharmacies that are out there, if that makes sense, Dave. It's, uh, it's, it is a little confusing to people. Uh, and again, this I know is a concern at the health department is, you know, follow through, make, you know, tracking whether if someone got the vaccine, tracking to make sure they came back four weeks later to get their second dose. Um, it, you know, was there a possibility that someone could get the vaccine at one location and then get their follow-up four weeks later at another location, mm -hmm. um, which is, is, is not, encouraged at all. As a matter of fact, individuals shouldn't do that. You should go back to where you got your initial vaccine um, and, or through the same pharmacy to get your second dose. So yeah, is, the four weeks would be the Moderna where the three weeks is the Pfizer, right? That's correct. I'm glad you clarified that. That is correct. Um, and, and to that note, you know, nobody should ever get one in right. your initial dose at Pfizer and then it's okay to get, and it's not okay, yeah. uh, to get the Moderna, the second dose. You, you should n never mix these things. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I know it was even confusing for me, Dave, initially yeah. with, you know, uh, I always thought 
thought it was going to be through the health department, um, that that's where the, the vaccine was going to come through, and then everyone would get vaccinated. Uh, but the state has changed that protocol to where it's now in the hands of uh, other phar- pharmacies throughout the state. I think Walgreens, uh, we don't have one down here, but Walgreens can administer the, va- the vaccine and other pharmacies. So I've even heard Walmart and so on. So I don't know. It all depends, I think, on what community you're in. Yeah, I so, agree. Anyway, the, um, the, you know, the one thing, I have a report that I have been assembling. Scott's seen it almost daily that I bring in, which covers the world, the nation, Ohio, and then Athens. And uh, the report is over 3,000 columns long now and uh, i've been doing it since the very beginning it's one of my it's my nature okay to um follow these things and track well the bottom line is that if it's you know who is the obvious thing to compare ourselves to it would be the state we're a county one of 88 counties within the state if we we're like the rest of the state of the Ohio, a uh, state of Ohio. We should have 1,057 more cases than we do today. Now that doesn't mean active cases. I'm talking about the total numbers, and then you know, generally 80% of those are um, uh, recovered. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, eventually. Um, so I, you know, I think Athens is doing a good job or else we would be up there with the rest of the state. Um, but it's still a concern and we need, we need to not, um, become sloppy or anything like that. No, I, I agree with you, Dave. And I, I, I know that you've got a massive spreadsheet that you're tracking. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think that's wonderful. I, I kind of have just gone to looking at the numbers as they come in yeah. through the Athens uh, County Health Department through uh, Ruth Dutting pushes out something um, within the two o'clock hour every day, that's even right. Saturdays and Sundays. And you know, I'm just kind of looking, Dave, at the numbers right now as we speak from the beginning of the year. Um, the, the beginning of the year report came in on, uh, looks like January 4th, uh, from the 4th up through the present day, or well, yesterday, the numbers bobble between, uh, it looks to be, uh, you know, 19 is a low for 19 new cases a day up to 47 mm-hmm. new cases a day, which is and it, it, it fluxes up and down. You know, yesterday's numbers were you know forty three new cases. The day before that, it was twenty three new cases, right, but right. but twenty seven recovered. So it just or fifty recovered rather. So it just it, it's going up and down, and it's it's a it's very different. And that's countywide, by the way. Uh, that's very different than some of the numbers we were seeing back. In uh, you know October November time frame where we were seeing you know new cases in the 60s uh, 
and and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with you, Dave, at all. I you know it's it's really unfortunate that we have had nine deaths due to COVID nineteen here in Athens County. And then I compare ourselves. In, I know you look at the state. I look at at uh, surrounding counties as well as just counties. Period uh, across the state of Ohio, and um, there are counties that are much worse off in oh, yes. terms of their the death toll um, within those counties due to COVID nineteen. Well, so. Let's let's talk about the economic impact. You know, we know businesses are um, uh, suffering um, because uh, they can't have their doors open in the manner they've they're accustomed to. Um, so, some have uh, actually seen some gains in business because they've been very creative in how they're maintaining their operation. Others um, don't have those opportunities. Well. Um, it seems to me that we're a couple months away from starting to feel like normal again. Uh, is that your gut feeling too? Normal. What is normal, Dave? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, I, Dave, here's what I think. Um, and I'm just going to be very blunt and honest with everyone. Okay. And that is that I don't anticipate uh, any real significant change until we can get, you know, 80% of this, the residents in our county vaccinated. Uh, it's, a long, it's a longer haul than I think a lot of people want and want to hear, and I, I don't disagree with you at all when it comes to our businesses. Our local economy is really being negatively impacted by the coronavirus and has since March of last year. Um, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I think that we're, we have to keep our, you know, keep our guard up with masking, social distancing, you know, watching out for each other well into fall of, of 2021 of this year, Dave. Right. I, I, I really believe that. I, I know that. I don't just believe it. I uh, I think businesses, I think things will slowly improve for our local economy, but what I'm looking at in terms of the city's revenues uh, is that we're, it's, it's a slow, slow process. It's like, you know, it's like Oh, eight, you know, with the impacts that, that everyone experienced 2008, you know, it's, it's, it's a longer process than well, something where it's not like you flip on a switch and yay. Refresh my memory. What, what happened in 2008 that I'm forgetting? Well, I mean, we had the, 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 uh, the bubble burst and, you know, the economy. Oh, the, oh, the economy concept. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while, uh, and even when we get to eighty percent, you know, vaccination, and we we get quote unquote herd immunity uh, within the community, that uh, you still have the impact of the, the the businesses that ended up not making it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that that again you know impacts everyone and certainly the 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 impacted business owner who is now not in business um speaking of which i'm going to shift gears on you completely dave Try um, me. I, I enjoy doing um is that i was on a wonderful uh press conference with senator sherrod brown and mayor tito brown of youngstown and it was uh sherrod brown senator brown reached out to me and, and asked what i like to be on a a press presser that he was having to announce a bill that he is one of the co-sponsors of called the Direct Support for Communities Act. Uh, and this is another coronavirus relief package, and it's different than the CARES Act in that the CARES Act had a lot of strings attached to it and it had a really short timeline. Um, it was not all that flexible, although we certainly, as a community, took advantage of our $1.5 million allotment. Um, and I think we did a lot of great work with that allotment and, and pretty much spent down every last dime of it. The, this, though, would be different in that um, it would be put into the hands, you know, still things that we have to be cognizant and, and responsible for where that money goes, but it goes into the hands of the, the cities, the villages, the townships, and the county <clears throat> directly, and we are able to get that money out in any way that we see fit, you know, due to the impact of, corona, of COVID-19 on our communities, um, where we couldn't do that before. I mean, it had to go directly to coronavirus-related things. PPE. Um, we were able to create two grants that we had HAPCAP, Hawking Athens Perry Community Action, managed it for us, and that was a mortgage-slash-rent relief um, program and a utility relief program. Mm -hmm. And uh, we saw um, a fair amount of success with both those programs, but that money had to be spent, spent by December 30th. And uh, which was a real short time frame. Um, we started the program, I believe it was, uh, well, one of them we started in, in September, maybe August, late August, but certainly by September. The other program, we had it up and going by uh, October, but it, we had to have all that money accounted for uh, or returned by the end of December. And so it was just way too short. So this Hopefully, this bill or something very similar to it works its way through, through, uh, through the legislators in, in D.C. Um, uh, and that money then, again, would be directly allocated down to the local governments and let us put the money where we know it, it needs to go. Mm -hmm. um, I, I pushed it on my Facebook last night, uh, and I, my wife Connie pushed it out on Facebook, the, the entire... Facebook, uh, it's it's uh, on YouTube uh, with Senator Brown, but uh, you know it's it's a it's an interesting, wonderful program, and I'm really proud that uh, Senator Brown is behind this um, in in getting it out there uh, as the, his co co sponsors of this bill. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it'll be interesting with the new administration how things unfold as well, but. 
it was exciting to be <clears throat> be able to do something uh, with the senator and with Tito Brown. Uh, senator or Mayor Tito Brown of Youngstown is a, a friend of mine. Um, you know, certainly having to deal with big city challenges, and so it was a it was a wonderful press presser. This to change topics considerably. Um, each morning after I finish my program here, I jump in the car and go down and get our mail out of the post office box. And um, we also receive some mail each day out here. But um, Stimson Avenue, uh, Mercy, uh, there's been a ton of activity there, and I think most of it is related to the gas company. Well, there's there's several things going on. I'm glad you brought this topic up. Um, there is Columbia Gas has been down there installing, uh, replacing a a main as well as the laterals mm-hmm. uh, coming off of it to each residence and working down Palmer Street as well, which you may or may not have noticed, um, and other streets in that area. That is uh, was preparatory work uh, along with the city getting a new uh, sewer, uh, sanitary sewer line put in on Stimson Avenue, but it's all part of the Stimson Avenue project that we have. We received a grant from ODOT to replace the entire roadway from the new roundabout up to East State Street. Uh, It is, that corridor of Stimson Avenue is a 19 early 1970s project uh you know street it was built or rebuilt when the shortly after the river was rerouted um and so it, it kind of paralleled that project the, the, again the rechannelization mm-hmm. and uh and it's it's lived its useful life and so it's going to be a complete overhaul of stimson avenue so yeah a lot of the work and a lot of the the asphalt that you've seen put down after they've gone and put something in, that is not what it's going to look like in the future. Of course. Uh, it's just uh, prepped for replacing. And what they'll do, Just this is good to bring this up, what the process is going to be starting February 1, uh, we're going to see uh, traffic will be maintained on Stimson Avenue, but it'll only be ma- maintained in the westerly bound traffic for westerly bound traffic. In other words, if you're coming off the Stimson Avenue bridge around the roundabout, that traffic will be, that flow will be maintained. Eastbound will be rerouted or detoured to East State Street. So that's a significant detour, but it's necessary. And so they'll work on the south side first. Uh, they'll be tearing out the south side and the sidewalk, so it'll end up being a new roadway and a new sidewalk that'll be ADA accessible. And then mid-July, it'll transition to the, the north side to be replaced, and traffic will flow on the south side, the newly rebuilt Stimson Avenue side. With the, the plan currently being that by the end of October, mid to end of October, that the whole project will be completed. Um, and, but, of course, it's always worth reminding everybody that, you know, the projects can slip, you yeah. know, due to, you know, 
adverse weather that may impact you know the the, the uh, construction process for days you know sometimes weeks mm -hmm. uh, if we have a if, it, if we have a mild winter um, which <laughs> if you looked out the window late last night uh, I don't know how mild it's going to be this year but anyway um, you know and depending on how things are this summer with with precipitation you know hopefully this will all be done and and uh, we'll be back to normal again come October but it's a you know it's that pain that you go through with a road project not dissimilar from the Richland Avenue project not dissimilar from other projects in the city um, unfortunately last year we also had ODOT repaving a lot of 50 uh, and sections of 33 32 uh, which added to the, the the pain that we all experienced when it came to trying to get from point a to point b in the city of athens so well you know there's an old uh, saying in order to uh, make an omelet you have to crack some eggs <laughs> yes you do and um uh, you know the it, it's a little rough down there right now but it's all going to be resolved um we'll say by the end of summer eh? that's right well, we'll say by October, Dave. We'll okay. say by October. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Now, um, let's see here. Um, another thing I noticed is that uh, even in my neighborhood, the far east side, there's a lot of guys going around with um, basically satellite sensors. And they're, they put it on a certain point and then record that. And then they set it out just 12 inches farther, like the, the difference between the concrete curb. And then they take a measurement there. And so I finally pulled over the other day and I said, let me guess, are you guys doing GIS? And they said, absolutely. So, folks, um, let's, let's describe to our audience GIS and that it's not a new thing, but it gets better all the time. Um, and, and what they're working on, you know what I mean? I, I do, I, I do. So what they're doing, Dave, is they are um, out there identifying where all Columbia gas, all gas lines are throughout the entire city. Uh, they were up in my neighborhood with their their uh, telemetry devices and GISing you know, where things are at. Um, they have been doing it on the main arteries. Now they're doing it in the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 this is an important thing for them to do, but it's so that they can more easily identify where there's problems, you know, where the gas lines actually are. Uh, this goes hand in hand with, um, you know, if you've ever, uh, had to do any, uh, you know, renovations in your home where maybe you're putting an addition on your house or something like that where you've got to call oops and find out where things are at. Um, and uh, we had to, years ago, had to put a new French drain around our house, uh, our former home, and we had to call oops, and they came and identified where everything is. This aids in that process as well to where, uh, you, know, be, you know, before you dig, you know, right, you know right. where, where exactly where everything is. So this is gas, Columbia Gas Line related. But I have a feeling they're doing a few other things, too, since they're at it. And all of this stuff, folks, shows up in a 
basically a live real-time drawing that you can uh, zero in on or expand or whatever and it helps any contractor um, or paving company or whatever you want to call it um, know where things are and what kind of con I'm sorry what kind of material it is it's just very helpful information right so it's kind of neat to see this done because We've had GIS systems, and I'm going to say very basic ones, for years. And then as the, the technology improves, um, we get revisions, and then more revisions. And then pretty soon we have really accurate stuff. Well, anyway, it was good to see him out there. Yeah, yeah. and if anybody has a question about you know, what these individuals are doing, you know, they have to, what they're doing is if they're doing any work around your, your property and, mm -hmm. and looking for where that gas line is coming up to your home or whatever, they have to put a notice, you know, hanging on your door that they're here. They have a badge, um, and so you can request to see um, that, you know, they're legit. Um, they are working, like I said, with Columbia Gas and, uh, you know, you can certainly ask questions, or you can uh, contact Columbia Gas, uh, their external affairs specialist, at 614-460-8933, um, and say, <laughs> hey, there's this person in my yard, is this legit? And mm. the external affairs specialist will work with you and, and, and uh, let you know what's going on. But... Yeah, it, it is pretty fascinating, Dave, um, the whole process. And, and, folks, if you've never gone to the city's GIS website, uh, if, if you're a curious person, you might like to do that and just see. Now, a lot of these new things don't get added until, well, later on. But um, the, the point is it's just really interesting. Hey, right. let's, let's change another topic, and this is, I think, pretty major. The census. Now, um, the census, you know, was to have been performed last year. Um, COVID hit. Um, there were, there's just all sorts of reasons to wonder about the accuracy of the census uh, out of that period of time. Uh, and what's more is, of course, we had students who normally would have been here, but uh, were perhaps taking classes from Zoom uh, at home. Right. Um, Athens um, has had a population officially of 24,800 or something like that. Um for a while, um, it is my understanding only that if we hit the mark of 25,001, and I'm talking about the city itself, um, it throws us into a whole different bracket of, well, federal support and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, where, where, where are we? 
What do you what are you what are you hearing? Well, what I'm hearing, actually, what I'm watching, there's if you go to the 2020 Census website, um, there is something called the 2020 Census Self Response Rate Map. Okay. And I look at this map all the time. Now, granted, enumeration ended back in on October 15th, and uh, I look at this map and I'm, I'm disheartened by what I'm seeing. This map, you can. You can click on it by state, and then you can click on it by city, and then you, once you find Athens, you can click on uh, census tracts, uh, and it'll show you all eight census tracts here in the city of Athens. Um, and what's disheartening for me, and I, it's, I guarantee it's due to the pandemic and the mass exodus of two-thirds of our population back in March, just prior to the beginning of the enumeration process, uh, which, by the way, was also delayed until June before field enumerators went out. But um, you can click on it, and the, the more... The areas in the city where we know that they, the student density is high, uh, and there's two census tracts in particular, if you look at those... Uh, census tracts, you can see what the, the comparable was in 2010. And, uh, you know, we're off anywhere from six percentage points to almost 11 percentage points um, within uh, those census tracts. But then we are also off in non-high-density student areas as well, Dave. I think there's only two census tracts of the eight to where we exceeded the 2010 census uh, for self-enumeration, um, and and then, but the rest of them are off, you know, by anywhere from a couple percentage points to, like I said, uh, 11 percentage points. That's not great. Um, now, what that's going to amount to, you know, we'll have to wait and see when we get when the numbers are released, because. Uh, Clearly, there was population growth since 2010, regardless. So, you know, maybe there's a point at which these these shortcomings within the census tracts now with the enumeration, maybe we still made enough or still had enough growth to where we will exceed that 25,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I kind of, I don't have high hopes for that happening. Some of the things that would happen, I'm glad you brought that up because I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this during my State of the City address, which I gave last Monday, um, was that uh, we, if we exceed 25,000, um, we would have to re, you know, create a fifth ward here in the city of Athens. Uh, we would also have to um, have a fourth at-large city council member so that we have that odd number, so we'd have five wards, five ward representatives, elected officials, and then we would have four at-large council members. The the funding that you mentioned, we would uh, fall out of what's called the small ODOT, small cities um, grant mechanism, which we've been extremely successful at because we're kind of right there at the top, population-wise, of those that are eligible for that funding stream. And we would move into what's called large cities. And we would be competing against 
you know, places like Youngstown, like uh, uh, Toledo, you know, we'd be the much larger cities. And so it, it would almost like, if you remember, Dave, and I, I remember like it was yesterday, graduating from high school or grad, uh, from uh, elementary school, eighth grade, you're the top of your class. And now you're a rookie as a freshman in high school all over again. And I, I kind of use that analogy with what we would be facing when it comes to uh, going after that level uh, or that category of it ODOT funding. Sounds like you would prefer we stay where we are. Well, you, you know, I, I think the city has really enjoyed being able to access that that level of funding. You know, the Richland Avenue pedestrian passageway, the Richland Avenue roundabout, 1804 way, East State Street, you know, all of these were funded through ODOT funding that we were eligible for because of our population size. Mm -hmm. uh, the funding that we already have in the queue for Stimson Avenue, the uh, West Union is going to have a major overhaul in, in 2022. The uptown is going to have um, a lot of improvements on Washington and State Street between Congress and College Street um, that'll look much like West Union had when we gave it that overhaul, that enhancement back in 2016, 2017. And again, those are all through these funding. So those are still secured that we've got that money, but we would just fall into a different category, Dave, and we're going to have to play with the, the big people <laughs> now if we were to exceed yeah. 25,000 in population. Well, I'd, like to, I'd like to see that happen, um, but, you know, there's, there's ups and there's upsides and downsides to everything. Well, I, I just thought um, the pools of money are bigger at that level, too. Uh, so, who knows? What, um, but what is going to uh, keep us from having a significant drop you know, I mean, I remember twice I co-chaired the um, the ten-year census, and I remember um, this one year uh, Joel Rudy and I and a couple other people. Well, anyway, you know, we went through dorm by dorm. How many were living in that dorm, and then how many did the census find said they li were living in that dorm? And they often were not the same figure. Right. And um, somebody might choose to, even though they lived on that April 1st date in Athens, they would choose uh, or di didn't know better, but would, would be counted in uh, Lorraine where their parents lived or something right. like that. Um, right. Has that review taking place yet? It, it has not, um, and I think largely because we've not received the numbers yet, Dave. Okay. So once, we, once we get the numbers, and let's just say the numbers come back say, stating that the city of Athens population is, you know, 22,900, mm -hmm. you know, at, at that point we're going to know that that's not accurate. Something okay. is wrong with those counts. Um, we can pull data from the group quarter enumeration, uh, and, and as you just referenced, uh, mentioned, we can cross-reference that with information that the registrar's office has, mm -hmm. with 
with the uh, the management of the residence halls and that process. We could also reach out to the larger off-campus apartment complexes, Rivergate Towers, um, Coach Run, you know, sure. all those, and and get information from them, which we were able to do, which was not the norm under a normal enumeration process. We were able to get the U.S. Census Bureau to accept data from large multi-unit and even smaller multi-unit apartment complexes and use that to send to the Census Bureau. Now, whether they truly counted it or not, we don't know yet. But uh, we would likely have to appeal. Um, There's a process that you can go through with the Census Bureau and contest the counts in your area, but you've got to provide a lot of solid data to reflect that, uh, that, that there was a loss. I think college towns across the nation are, are going to be scrambling. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we're alone. I think Oxford's in the same boat as we are. I, I know that um, my good friend Tom Fontaine, who's a city manager of State College, Pennsylvania, they're worried. Um, so we're, there's a group uh, that has been working on this you know, from the International Town Gown Association, the National League of Cities University Communities Council, of which I chair that committee. Um, you know, I'm on the board for the International Town Gown Association, uh, ICMA, which is the uh, basically the, the conference of city managers. Uh, they are involved in this process that we have been sitting across the table virtually, of course. Uh, from the Census Bureau to say, look, look, we fear that we're going to be impacted, and you need to know that, and you need to know it now. Steve, so let me just uh, mention we've got 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's that's the process, Dave. We'll, we'll have to, it's a wait-and-see game at this point in time. So. Well, listen, we appreciate uh, getting together monthly with you, and uh, I've got a, a lengthy list of things we didn't get to today, so we'll wor- start working on some of them next next uh, we'll, month. Our seventy-first year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. W This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Economic growth in the U.S. hasn't been this slow in 75 years. New numbers from the Commerce Department show the pandemic economy shrank by 3.5% in 2020. That's the largest amount since World War II. Bank rates Mark Hamrick. The economy is still digging out of the hole created by the steep downturn earlier in 2020 with a historic full-year contraction. It's worth noting that strong growth is expected here in 2021. The number of people filing for unemployment remained at a historically high level of 847,000 last week. The pandemic put a big damper on vacations. Ancient sun-bleached ruins, pierced blue skies. The World Tourism Organization says it was the worst year for tourism in history with one billion fewer international arrivals. The CDC projects dark weeks ahead with another 85,000 COVID deaths in the U.S. CBS's Meg Oliver says there's pushback over new plans from the new president. Part of the Biden administration's COVID response plan is focused on reopening schools with the goal of getting a majority of K-8 schools safely open in his first 100 days. 100 days to get kids back in school is not quick enough. 
Schools closed is a national emergency. Joseph Allen is the director of the Healthy Buildings Program at the Harvard School of Public Health. What's the biggest obstacle schools are facing implementing these guidelines? Well, I think there's a lot of distrust and confusion from a scientific perspective. It's really quite clear. CBS News has learned a bipartisan group of lawmakers is asking for funding to protect themselves with an increase in threat since the attack on the Capitol. CBS's Rebecca Kaplan. More than 30 lawmakers have written to top leadership asking for more money to make security improvements and the flexibility to hire local law enforcement or other security personnel when they are at home and more vulnerable. The Biden administration is reconsidering foreign policy decisions by the Trump administration. Correspondent Cammie McCormick. Arms sales to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia have been put on hold. A terrorism designation for Yemen's Houthi rebels is being reviewed. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who started the job yesterday, said the administration is also reviewing the U.S. relationship with Russia, as well as the peace deal signed with the Taliban. Someone forgot to send the memo to football fans, making plans for the Super Bowl. CBS's Lisa Mateo. With the big game just over a week away, a new poll says 25% of Americans plan to gather with people outside of their homes during the pandemic to watch the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The nationwide study from Seton Hall Sports shows 64% will not and 11% weren't sure. This is CBS News.